we're going to pick back up, guys, uh, uh, with our teaching on unity. I need you. I need you. Um, and we're going to pick back up uh, with uh, the question that we asked, why does church membership matter? Okay. Jesus, our base scripture is from the 17th chapter of John where Jesus prays prior to ascending back up into heaven. He prayed that we be one as he and his father are one so that through our unity, the world would know that the father sent him. So uh, as I shared with you when we begin this portion of our teaching, I said Christian theologian Francis Schaeffer said Christian unity is the final apologetic of the church. It's a, and again, I share with you apologetics or reason arguments or writings in justification of something. So in justification of the church's being and the church's being the, the church being the instrument and the tool that God will use to transform this world. Think about it for a second. He said unity amongst his believers would be the thing that would, that would let the world know that God, the father sent Christ, the son here on earth. Now, guys, I'm telling you, this concept of unity will be interwoven throughout the theological and doctrinal teaching of this church. We're going to, this when we did building a multi-ethnic church, that wasn't just a one-time thing. Because I think what happens a lot of times, you know, it's come up to Black History Month. And then we talk about uh, unity and stuff during Black History Month, but that should be a, a, a lifelong thing for the church. Did y'all hear me? This is not something that we should do uh, whenever there's something jumps off in the culture. Everybody wants to talk about when something jumps off in the culture. And then after the, it dies down, everybody go back to doing the things that we've always done it. But what we've understood through study of the Holy Scripture is that God's plan was to bring all of us together into one body. Different ethnicities, people from different backgrounds, different cultures will come together and make up the body of Christ. And that should be interwoven into everything that we do. So it's not just a seasonal thing. Amen. You will get tired of me talking about unity unless you're a Bible believing Christian and see that that's God's will for the church. Can I get a witness? And so we, we're coming today uh, knowing and understanding that we want to be obedient to God's will and to let him have his way in our lives. Amen. So uh, uh, we, we began to share with you and talk about this on last week about uh, the fact that it's, it's important for us to, to come together in a local church body. There are some who believe that, that it's okay to, uh, uh, there are some who will say, well, you know, I don't have to be a church member or be a part of a local congregation to be saved. Technically, I told you that's true. But if you're going to be saved and be an obedient follower of Christ, you must be a part of a local assembly. Hello? You must be a part of a local assembly because there are too many long ranges out there trying to do life by themselves. And, and, and the reality is, guys, we need each other. So if I'm trying to do this Christian life all by myself, with, on my own terms, with my own way of doing things, then now I've, what I've done is says, God, you're not wise enough to tell me how to live my life. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And guys, I'm going to tell you something. When, you in, when you're in that mindset then God has to deal with you because he made us, he, he created us and he saved us so that we could come together to, 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 to advance kingdom principle. Amen? Now, uh, I told you on last week, uh, church membership is our public commitment to serve with a specific group of believers. 
And second, I said church membership is our vow to be a part of God's family in a local area. And third, we left off is church membership is our agreement to be accountable for our Christian growth. Everybody say accountability. Now, to some people, accountability is an ugly word. Because many people don't want to be accountable when it comes to their spiritual growth and their spiritual uh, uh, walk with the Lord. They, 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 many people grew up with the mindset that, that, that because we live in a democracy, the church should be like a democracy. I can do it if I want to do it. If I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. Are you listening to me today? I can, I can. I can, I can do that, what they're asking me to do if I want to do it, but if I choose not to do it, I just don't have to do it. I'll just stay at home. Well, I'll, just, I'll, just, I'll just kindly just uh, back up and let them go on and do it, but I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. But God has a lesson for us because obedience to the Holy Scripture means that we're obedient to the Word of God. Amen? If you have your Bibles, go with me right quick. Let's go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and we're going to begin our reading at verse number 19. Hebrews, chapter number 10 Verse number nine. I, I tell you what, before we, before we go there, let's do, let's do this. We all allow me. Let's go to John, the 14th chapter. I want to put this word on you right quick, and then we're going to keep moving. John, the 14th chapter, and we're going to begin our reading at verse number 15. I want to let the word of God speak today. Because all of us have a responsibility as a believer, as a follower of Christ, to let his word have a preeminent place in our life. Preeminent place means it has first place and first authority. Can I get a witness? If something has first place and first authority, that means that I don't allow anything else to trump that. I don't, I don't allow anything else to get ahead of what God's word says to me. Are y'all listening to me today? Now watch what Jesus said here. In John, the 14th chapter, and we're going to begin our reading at verse number 15. Will you read it with me out loud and on purpose? Ready? Let's read. It says what? If you love me, obey my commandments. Let's keep reading. And I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate, another comforter who will never leave you. This is Jesus. He's still on earth now speaking to his disciples, his followers. Next verse says what? He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The abbot, the comforter, okay? The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be what? In you. Guys, what Jesus is letting them know is that the, the, the triune nature of God is, 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 is real. It's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says the comforter is living with you right now and he's going to be with you later. Who was with them right then? Jesus was. And he's going to be with them later in the form of the Holy Spirit, right? Let's keep reading. He says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. The next verse says, soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. Text says, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me. And I am in you. So let's, let's kind of do, do a little word challenge. He says here, when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my father. Who's talking here? He says, I'm going to be in my father, right? And he says, and you are in me, right? If, you, if, if we are in him, then that means that we're in the father. 
says, and I am in you, right? He's, he's talking about this oneness, guys, that, that, that pervade his ministry. And he's, it's important for us to realize that we have to be one as the body of Christ if we're going to be effective. Does that mean that we do everything the same way? One doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean uniformity that we do everything the same way. There are different of administration, but the same Lord. Our church may flow a little differently, but it shouldn't flow any different as it relates to how we get to God. Jesus says, "What I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father what except by me." I didn't make it up; he said it. So either he lied or he told the truth. So either it's Jesus the way or he's not. Keep reading. Next verse says what? Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who do what? Can we repeat that again? Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Now, check this out. Watch what he says here. Who are the ones who love him? Those who talk about it, sing about it, pray about it? No, he says those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. So what Jesus is doing here, he's giving us a, 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 a straightforward uh, uh, picture for us to be able to know who really loves Jesus and who doesn't. Because talk is cheap, right? How many of y'all have talked a good game before but didn't back it up what you want? Anybody been there before? How many of you ever talked a good game about a variety of subjects? How many of you ever talked a good game about losing weight? Let me turn around because I, 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 I'm guilty. <laughs> I talked a good game, and, uh, uh, but, 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 but it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't follow up with consistent corresponding action. Because if it's, unless there's a medical issue, consistent corresponding action. In other words, I, I burn off more calories than I put on or put inside of me. Anybody in the medical field, if, as a general rule, if you burn off more calories than you put, break, put in, then at some point in time, some weight ought to come off. Is that, is that, is that fair enough? Well, you know, I burn a lot of calories because I, I walk seven miles four times a week seven miles a day, four times a week. But, but, but my problem has been is that I still keep putting some more calories in. And what it ends up doing, but Donnie, I end up maintaining rather than losing. I know I'm not the only one. I'm telling on myself today. I'm shaming myself. And some of y'all out there, shame, I'll be shamed with me. Because there's nothing medically wrong with me that I'm aware of. I, I had my checkup you know, a few weeks ago, all right? So, 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 so there's a process. We got to stop. We got to stop talking about it and being about it. Those, this unity thing, I need you. We got to realize that God called us to walk together in communion on this earth so that the unity of the believers would be a sign that God sent him. He says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. I'll reveal myself to each of them. Next verse says what? Let's read. Judas, not Judas Scary, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, 
Why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? Next verse says, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. Here he is again. All who what? Will what? My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. We keep, let's keep reading. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. Jesus keeps repeating this over and over again. I keep, and I'm, I'm, I keep reading this because I want, to, I want us to emphasize and I want us to look at ourselves because sometimes I don't think we love God as much as we say we love God. I know what we say. I know what we come in and sing about. We'll even pray it. But what Jesus says is anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. Next verse, let's go. Says what? Uh, I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. It's the Holy Spirit that unpacks the wisdom of the scripture. Listen, don't try to approach the Bible as an academia. In other words, by that I mean there is, there is, there is place uh, in Christendom for systematic study. I am not mocking Christian education. I am not knocking seminary training. But what, I, what we discovered is when we begin to look at Jesus and who he called to be his disciples, it wasn't necessarily those who were following uh, who had been to seminary. He used people who had a heart to follow him and who were willing to be obedient. And he still had to train them and develop them, pull them close to him to, to, to do life together with them so that once he went back up in heaven, they would be prepared and equipped as the Holy Spirit came and filled them to carry on the gospel message. Are you with me today? So whenever you open the Bible just as an academic exercise, you're going to miss a whole lot because it's the Holy Spirit that brings revelation. It's the Holy Spirit that will, that will have you, you may have read the scripture 15,000 times, but on the 15,001 time, he gives you something new that you never saw before. Has anybody ever experienced that? See, the Holy Spirit has a way of unpacking the gospel, the, the wisdom that God wants us to have. So I don't ever go to the Bible and I don't pray, pray, I pray God I never get up here to try to preach on my own strength and my own intellect. I'm not smart enough. But with the Holy Spirit guiding me, hopefully I can say something that will, that will hit you uh, in, in where you need to be hit at and, and cause you to, to realize that God loves you and he wants personal relationship with you. But when the Father says the advocate is my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. Next verse says what? I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give. So don't you be troubled or afraid. Jesus tells his disciples not to be troubled and not to be afraid. And that's the message today for each one of us who are living and following after Christ. Don't be troubled. See to it that you be not troubled and don't be afraid because God is with you and he's going to help you get over whatever you need to get over. He's going to see you through whatever you're going through. Can I get a witness? Next verse, let's read it. It says, uh, remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you will be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. Next verse says, I've told you these things before they happen so that when they happen, you will believe. 
He said, I'm, I'm telling you this. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me. Who was the ruler of this world? Satan. Okay. But I would do what the father requires of me. Here Jesus is. Jesus says, really, listen, Satan don't have any power over me. He don't have any authority over me, but I'm going to do what my father told me to do. My father sent me into the earth realm. I was born in a manger in Bethlehem. I was born and encased in human flesh to die a sacrificial death on the cross. And even though I know it's going to cause separation, but I'm going to be obedient to my father. But I will do what the father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the father. How the world will know that I love the father. Come, let's be gone. He said, watch this, guys. But I will do what the father requires of me. So that the world will know what? That I love the Father. Here he is back to what he was saying earlier when we first started this reading. Love will show itself and will manifest itself in our actions. Jesus says, it's through, he says, back up, back up one verse, verse 30. Watch this again. I, I don't want y'all to miss it. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the rule of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but watch what Jesus said. But I will do what the Father requires of me so the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's, let's be going. What he's saying is, guys, if I, if, I, if, if I wanted to, I could dispatch 10,000 angels and wipe Satan and his, and his legion of demons out. It, I don't have to go to the cross, but I'm going because my father, amen, assigned me that responsibility was to die a sacrificial death so that you and I could have relationship with him. But I will do what the father requires of me so the world will know that, that I love the father. See, see, see here's, here's what I'm, I, I'm, I'm picking on. I'm, I'm, I keep picking at it like picking at a, 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 a scab over a sword. I keep picking it because there are a lot of people who are in churches. Uh, but, but, but they're not really loving God at the extent that God requires or desires. Because we're coming, but there can be word that's taught plainly, properly exegeted, amen, uh, not, not some, some, some things that's up for debate, but it's clearly in the word of God, and then people still won't do it. And what I'm going to tell you is, check your love, your, lo- your, your love meter. <laughs> because your love meter is not operating the way it should because Jesus says listen I got the power to wipe Satan out but I'm going to do what the father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the father and you know what the world's going to know that you love, love your savior Jesus Christ is when you do what he says if you love me he says obey my commandments now let's get back to Hebrews 10 okay because I, I need to put that in there because whenever there's a teaching that's going on whether it's emotionally healthy relationship whether it's uh, uh, you know learning how to 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 get over whatever it is that's been tripping you up. Understand this. Once, once you know what the word of God says on the issue, you have a responsibility as a believer to do that word. Okay? Because it's easy to talk about it. It's easy to sing about it. But what are you going to do? All right? Hebrews chapter number 10. And if we will, let's, let's begin our reading at verse number 19. All right? So, Church membership is our agreement to be accountable to our Christian growth, for for our Christian, accountable, accountability. Now, will y'all look at me and be honest? Will you look at me and be honest? Most of us don't like to be accountable. 
to somebody besides ourselves. Right? Come on. How many of y'all sometimes get mad at your spouse because they're, they're trying to hold you accountable for something that you said you were going to do? And you get flat mad. You get flat out mad. Because when they remind you of what you said you were going to do and you have not done that, you get an attitude. Oh, I know I'm right about it because I've done it before too. Huh? We, our human nature is such that we don't like to be accountable to anybody. And that's dangerous when you're, when you're operating under kingdom principles. Because I told you, guys, as a born-again believer, we're called to be kingdom citizens first and foremost. And when you operate under kingdom rulership, that means that what God says, the, the, what the king says goes above what you feel and what you think. Or what your family says, or what your team says, or what your country says, it's what Jesus says. Because he's the king in the kingdom that we're operating in. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God quite often, over and over again. Because he wants to get us, he wants to get the fact that we are, we are, we've been called to operate under kingdom principle. So watch the text. Are y'all ready to go? Can we go into the word? Watch this. So, so, so we're here. You're members of this church. Uh, the Lord called me to pastor this church 32 years ago. And each one of you all said that the Holy Spirit led you to be here. I didn't say it. You said it. And I pray that it was the Holy Spirit that led you. Right? So now, since the Holy Spirit led you to be a part of this church, I'm the pastor of this church. I just, I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not anybody special, but that's just the role. Every church needs a, a, a leader, a pastor, an under shepherd, right? So when the under shepherd shares with you what the word of God says, because Jesus, I just read it, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So when I tell you what the command says, don't get mad at me. I'm just operating in the role that God assigned me to operate in because I do not want to and I do not plan on going to the beam of judgment of Christ where believers are going to be judged on their on how they live this Christian life. I am not going to get there, Sister Tony, and then have Jesus Christ tell me, well, you, you don't get a reward for that because you didn't tell Tony what you need to tell him when, about this issue because you're afraid she will get mad at you. I, I'm not, I'd rather have Jesus mad at me than you. I mean, in other words, I'm more afraid of Jesus than I am you. Of y'all. Can I put it that way? I love all of y'all. We're in the South. Can we say y'all? Well, let me, let, me, let me be more grammatically correct. You all. I love all of you all enough to speak truth to you. Okay? So when I speak truth to you, there's, there are going to be times when there are things that have been said that's going to challenge you to obey that truth that's coming from the word. As a matter of fact, it should always challenge you to do what the word of God says, right? But if you don't want to be accountable, then you'll start saying stuff like, I'm a man just like he is. I don't need nobody telling me what to do. Well, go to the book and see what the book says. As a matter of fact, we're going to let the word of God speak. Is that fair enough? Let the word speak. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter into heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Let's keep reading. It says what? By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Now, you guys realize 
that under Judaism, before Christ came and died on the cross of Calvary, uh, they operated under what we call the system of Judaism, where the high priest would go into the holies of holies once a year to offer a sacrifice for the sin, his sins and for the sin of the people. They did some other stuff on a regular basis too, but that once a year was that sacrifice that he went to the holies of holies to offer blood sacrifice, which, which served as a way to cover man's sin. That blood of animals could never wipe away sin. It just covered it. Can I get a witness? But now, since Jesus Christ, the great high priest came, then we're no longer operating under Judaism. In other words, I don't have to wait on a high high priest to go in to the holies of holies once a year to get my sins covered. The blood of Jesus wipes away my sin. And he tells me if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me and he'll cleanse me from all unrighteousness. All right. Are y'all still with me today? Say, hold your move, pastor. Okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, watch this. Let us go right into the presence of God. I don't have to go to a priest to get my sins to forgive it. Now, if you want to do that, well, here's what I tell you. Go to the great high priest. Look at what he says. He says, let us go right into the presence of God. Aren't you glad you don't have to come to me to, to, to get your sins forgiven? Because you may tell me something. I promise you, sometimes I'll forget what you told me. Hello? Because sometimes people will catch me after church and, and, and I'm, I'm meeting and greeting several people and you told me that. You said, Pastor, I really need you to go to the Lord for me because I got this serious issue that I did and I need forgiveness for Pastor, will you go to the Lord for me? I, I, I certainly will. And I started talking to five other people and I forgot what you told me. And now your sin is still hovering over you because you had to come through me to get to the Father. But you don't have to do that. Listen to what the scripture says because what we got to understand is, guys, that, that Jesus Christ is our great high priest. He says, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with what? With pure water. Keep going, guys. He says this. He says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm For God can be trusted to do what? Repeat that again. God can be what? To do what? He can be trusted to keep his his, his promise. I told you guys a few weeks back, I said that a lot of times we find ourselves not trusting that God will keep his promise. A lot of times we find ourselves uh, walking in unbelief. And I told you there were two kinds of unbelief. Y'all remember this? Number one, I told you it's the kind of unbelief that is based on a lack of knowledge. First kind of unbelief is that unbelief that's based on a lack of knowledge. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Those who have not heard cannot have knowledge. Therefore, they can't believe. And many don't believe in spiritual things because they don't know what the word of God teaches on the subject. Many people, many Christians have have not embraced the comforting work of the Holy Spirit in these times that we're living in because you had not been taught about the Holy Ghost. 
And if you were taught, it was, it was taught in, uh, in, 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 in a way, or it, a lot of times it wasn't even taught about, it, was, it wasn't even mentioned so much so that you were afraid of the Holy Spirit because of, you may have went to, you thought the Holy Spirit only operated at, at, at apostolic and Pentecostal churches. Hello? And because you were not taught about the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Comforter, you don't believe in what he does. And he's, he's here to give us the authority and the power to live this Christian life. So first kind of unbelief is, 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 is based on a lack of knowledge. I just don't know. So if I hadn't been taught about God's, if I hadn't been taught about what God says about giving and how he uses giving to cleanse my heart and how he uses giving to build my faith, then when, when I hear a message on giving, I can't have, if, if, I, don't, if, I, if I haven't heard uh, a, a message in the word on that, I can't have faith for it. So when somebody says something about giving, I operate in doubt and unbelief saying I can't do that. When God says you can do it. When God says give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over with men giving you a bosom for but the same measure that you meet out, that he measure back unto you again. If I don't have that word there, I can't have faith for giving. So I doubt. I, 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 I'm afraid to turn it loose because what, what's going to happen? Uh, will I be able to make it? Uh, I don't know. I, do we have enough to, to, to get from this pay period to that pay period? Now, I don't know if anybody, can, can I be honest with you guys? Can I be transparent with you, y'all? I shared this with you guys before. Maria and I have been married 36 years, and, and God has been so good and graceful to us. But there was a time early on, how many of y'all, when you first got married, you ain't had nothing? Anybody in the house? I mean, God, God sustained you. You, you, you. It wasn't like you were starving, but you didn't have a whole lot left over once you got everything paid. Let me come over here. Somebody, I need to talk to somebody over here who, who walked through some of this thing. When we first got married, we didn't have a whole lot left over after we gave our tithes and offerings. Once we learned about it, we had to have faith for it. And there were times when I wrote the tithe check, and I was like, well, Lord... Here's the bank account. Here's the tide check, and it's not going to leave a whole lot left over to the next pay period. But Lord, I'm too scared not to trust you because either your word is true or it's not. And if it's true, then I'm going to stand on it. And if it's not, I'm not going to obey it. Because if I love you, I will do what? That's what Jesus said. And there were times, guys, when we, when we, when we, uh, we, 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 we would write that check and we, it, it, there were times we kind of almost felt sorry for ourselves but what we kept doing was we kept going back to the word and seeing what the word of God says bring you all the tithes into the storehouse and prove me now here with said the Lord of hope if I will not pour you out the windows of heaven blessing that you won't have room enough to receive and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake we kept reading that because we had to build our faith up faith coming by and hearing by what so once I start feeling doubt and unbelief coming in, what I do is I run to the word and build my faith up because I got to believe the word is true and the word builds me up, not me moaning and groaning. So somebody needs to start getting the word even when you start having some doubt because the first kind of unbelief is comes from a lack of knowledge. If you don't know, let's, let's, let's learn. That's why it's important to get into systematic Bible study. To get into the word of God, to begin to learn the truth of God's word. So that's the first kind of unbelief, lack of knowledge. That can be cured by getting some knowledge in God's word. 
But the second kind of unbelief, which I think a lot of people, some people operate in that arena. But the second kind of unbelief I told you about was a rejection of the knowledge that's presented. In other words, you heard word, but you rejected word. Hebrews 4 and 6. And and, and I know I got you running, Brother Jay. But if you can pop Hebrews 4 and 6 up for me right quick. I I need us to go there because some, I, I sense that sometimes in this life, even when it comes to unity. Somebody, I, was, I forgot who I was talking to the other day. And, 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 and they mentioned something. They said, well, you know, they were talking about how, you know, they don't trust that people can change. And so if somebody was this way this many years ago, and uh, let's say, for instance, I think we, he may have been talking about uh, racist attitude. Yeah, we were talking about that. He said, well, you know, brother, and I, I, I forgot who I was talking to, but he said, brother, you know, uh, I don't believe a leper. He said something about a leper may change his spot, but he's still a leper. And, and it kind of went over my head a little bit. But, but, but I, I said, well, you know, here's what I said to myself. And I didn't catch it at the time, but, but what he was saying was, is that certain things don't change. If that's the case, guys, then this gospel that we're preaching, we need to just throw it away. Because everything that we preach is, is about the redemptive power of the blood to transform a man's life. If there is no redemption, we are all doomed. Because I don't care what you've been involved in. And some of us, you don't raise your hand, but some of you may have been involved in some things that you're ashamed about and you don't want anybody to know. But you thank God that the blood of Christ has redeemed you and you're no longer walking in that. So I don't care what a person, a man or woman has done, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is available to cleanse you and to change your heart. Doesn't matter what sin it is. And so, if you don't believe in the redemptive power of the blood, maybe that's why you can't get over what you hadn't gotten over. You hadn't gotten over because you, or maybe it only redeems you. Some of us have the audacity to think and believe that, oh, it can change me, but it can't change you. Well, let's pull out, let's pull out your stuff. Can we pull out your stuff and begin to go down? Okay, mm-hmm. you used to lie, but it changed you. You used to sleep around, but you don't sleep around anymore. Well, y'all say, Pastor, don't you look over there, Pastor. Don't look over at me. Don't you look at me, Pastor. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Don't you look at me. You're a gambler, cheat, liar, didn't have integrity, harbored unforgiveness, let your feelings run you, instead of you running your feelings. You were a gossiper, talked about people, smiled in their face. We talked about them when they left. Everybody said it's not right. If you got something to say to them, say it to them while you're looking at them. So all these things that we've had and the blood of Christ redeemed us, why, pray tell me, do we think it's not powerful enough to redeem that person who did that dastardly thing? I will tell you that it is. See, many of you all have studied the writings of the Apostle Paul. 
and you look at all the letters he, he wrote majority of the New Testament, don't you realize that Paul sat there and watched them kill a man? Stephen, in Acts the 7th chapter, sat there while they stoned an innocent man to death and held their garments so that nothing would get in the way of them stoning and killing this guy. And, and I would imagine there were other times when Paul was going about gathering up Christians, come on, uh, gathering up Christians, throwing them in jail, beating them. There were probably times when he, he had them executed. But yet that very same Saul name was changed to Paul after experiencing Christ, the redemptive power of Christ on the road to Damascus. And that very same Saul, who's now named Paul, is now running hard for Jesus Christ, building the multi-ethnic church. Don't you tell me what the power of the blood of Christ can't do. But do you believe that? If he did it for you, how come he can't do it for him or her or them? It absolutely can. So God's, let me keep going. So God's rest is there for people to enter. So, so two types of unbelief. One is one that's unbelief that's based off of lack of knowledge. You just didn't know. You, you can't have faith for something that you don't have word of. If faith come by hearing by the word of God, but you don't have any word on it, if you had not been taught word on that issue, then you won't have faith for it. If faith comes by hearing, not having heard one time, but it's a constant hearing and, and a constant feeding on the word of God that produces faith for me to believe what I can't see. Because if he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, it is the evidence of things that are not seen. If I can see it, it's not faith. I'm here to tell you guys, we're, we're, we're living in an era now in the church where we are now at this season in the life of the church that God is going to need us to be men and women who walk by faith and not by sight. The church is going to, I sense that the church is going to begin to experience some intense persecution. And it's already happening because so whereas it used to be, it was normal in this country for Christians to be, to be thought highly of. Now Christians are being thought of in, in a negative fashion. Survey after survey tell us that the world looked at us and think we crazy. Survey after survey tell, looked at us and said say the world thinks that we're intolerant, we're unlovable in a lot of cases. But I'm going to tell you that God has called upon us to be the purveyor of the gospel truth and to be agents that exude agape love everywhere we go. But we can't do that if we're not men and women of faith. So faith, lack of knowledge, but then the other faith is faith, the other kind of, first kind of faith, uh, unbelief. First kind of unbelief is unbelief that's based on a lack of knowledge. And the second kind of unbelief is unbelief that is based uh, uh, that comes from a rejection of knowledge that is, that is presented. Look at what it says. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they what? Now he's talking about, the writer of the Hebrews is talking about the nation of Israel. And he's talking about the fact that God had given them the, the promised land, Canaan. He says, every place that your foot treads upon, I've already given it to you. Go in and possess it. But guess what happened? They had some doubters, some naysayers, sent 12 spies over there. Two came back and said, it's just like what God says. It's flowing with milk and honey. We can take it. But 10, everybody say 10. See, the majority, don't always, don't find yourself following the majority when the majority is wrong. Just because the majority said don't mean that it's right. 
They came back and said, well, you know, there's giants over there and we cannot take it. Well, God just told you, I've already given it to you. Go in and possess. Either God is lying or he's telling the truth. And you got to decide when you read the word of God, do I believe that God's word is true? And even if I can't decipher in in, in the natural how it's going to work out, but I'm going to trust that he is going to work it out. See, faith comes by hearing by. They had the promise. They knew what God says, but they rejected it. Now, that's that's a higher form of unbelief there as a Christian. If it's one thing, if I don't if I've never been taught it. So, so therefore, I, I have no faith in the area because I haven't been taught it. But if, I, if I've been taught it and I reject it, that's something, some, something is, 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 just, is just, something's not good about that. All right? Look at the next verse. Come on, read, read again. Next verse is what? It says, uh, so God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. I got to stop them, guys. Uh, but, but, but again, this referred to the children of Israel. They could not plead innocence due to ignorance because God had told them to go in and possess the land of Canaan. The children of Israel knew what God said, but they couldn't be persuaded to act on it. I want to ask you a question right now. What part of this kingdom teaching that you're getting, you haven't been persuaded to act on? What part of the Bible that we have plainly read, properly put it in context. We didn't put some, we didn't pluck some obscure scripture and make a doctrine out of it. We're reading it in context. What part about unity do you not understand? What part about God's, God's command that we show unity that's tripping you up? Well, you know, bro, pastor, you know, just some folks don't want me around and I, and I, if, I if, if they don't want me, I don't want them. What did Jesus say? He says that through your unity, EBC, through our oneness, the world will know that the Father sent him. Well, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care too much for this person over here because I don't like the way they looked at me. Did, did they say anything to you? No, they didn't say anything, but I think that they were thinking. How do you, you think that they were thinking? Do you know how many people have opinions about folks and they don't even know them? Have never had a conversation with them? Don't know what they think? Don't know that they just, well, they look like they don't like me. Come on. Everybody say grow up. Grow up. Guys, unity. We need each other. So, so, so don't be guilty like the children of Israel who were who, were, who uh, had an unbelief that was based on rejecting revealed word. Once you hear revealed word, you are held accountable by God to do that word. All right? Can we get back? Let's get back. All right, so um, let's get back to, let's, let's skip over to Hebrews, go back to Hebrews, the, let's go to the 13th chapter. No, 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 no. Hebrews, go back to the 10th chapter and, and go back to verse number 23. I think it's where I left off. Hebrews 10, verse number 23. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to do what? To keep his promise. 24, 25. I'm going to stop here. It says what? Let us think of ways 
to motivate one another to what? Acts of love and good works. Now, notice what the writer said. The writer said, instead of us surfing social media, looking for negativity, uh, you're always trying to look for the bad. Somebody says, let us think of ways to motivate one another, to my believers, to acts of love and good works. We should be looking for ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to good works. And look at what he says in verse number 25. Watch this. And let us ne- not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. He says, KW says, let's not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So assembling together is a part of the Christian's responsibility. So how are you going to assemble together if you don't lead a church family? Because you said in your mind, I can do this by myself. When God says, I need you to assemble together so you can draw strength from one another. Now, again, some are assembling via live stream now. Thank God for you. And y'all are here in this, in, this, in this building here. But as we continue to go forward as a ministry, uh, we'll do both of those. But, but at some point in time, you got to come together and be around people. So they can draw strength from your gifting. Are y'all with me? I understand the season that we're in. But, but, but just like we can come together and gather, and, and, and you guys have been so, I, I didn't see one frowning face because we asked you to wear a mask. Now, maybe you're frowning under your mask. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but now, now, all things been equal. I, I, y- y'all, y'all, y'all spirit has been so, so gracious because we just asked you to wear a mask during this Omicron outbreak. And probably at the end of this month, we'll, we'll be able to, you know, uh, to, 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 to say, okay, if you want to wear it, you wear it. If you don't want to wear it, you don't have to wear it, okay? But, but you guys had, had the right spirit. I, I don't think the, the greeters didn't tell me one person who came and said, I don't want to wear no mask. I got a right not to wear it. No, what you're doing is, is what, what was asked of you. And that goes back to uh, what Hebrews 13 says. Can we go to Hebrews 13? Can, can we go there and, and look at Bible? Because you guys are awesome. Go to Hebrews the 13, chapter verse number 7. Hebrews 13, verse number 7. Watch this, guys. We're going to read that. You guys have been so, 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 so gracious. And, and I, man, I tell you, I thank God for this church family. I thank God for the spirit in which you guys uh, come together and commune. I know this is not a perfect church. No church is. But, 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 I, but doggone, I'll tell you what, I, I, I've talked to enough pastors and, 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 and saw enough stuff to know that this is a blessed situation. I know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all hadn't got, got too far outside of Benton, but, but I've been outside of Benton and I've seen the ugly side of church. I talked to enough pastors. I tell you, I used to finance churches, so they, they, I had an opportunity to, to 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 interface and connect with a lot of different pastors across this region. And and everybody don't have a supported church congregation like we have here. So give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. Give yourself a hand. Now don't go crazy on me next week now because I bragged on you a little bit. But in all seriousness, guys, I, I, I know. I'm not telling you what I what I heard. I know that by and large. This is a blessed situation. So I thank God for that. I thank God for the, for, for, for the support that I get from you guys. But I can't go back to it. Because some people, had you asked them to wear a mask, they would have tripped. 
Y'all know what it means to trip. That's a, that's a 1970. Anybody from 1970s term? Remember, any of y'all remember? You tripping. Nancy, do you know that? You, you, okay, okay. All right. This. Y'all were not tripping. Watch what, look, look what the text says. It says, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Follow the example of their faith. Next verse, let's read. It says what? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Keep reading, guys. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food. Now, now can, I, can I unpack the context of why he said this? Because there were some who were still trying to mix Judaism with Christianity. And there were some who still tried to say, it's Christ plus circumcision. It's Christ plus certain dietary restrictions that make you right before God. And what he's saying here is, he says, your strength doesn't come, your, your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Y'all tracking with me? You got to understand the context because in, 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 in this writing, in this letter, there were some who were still trying to bring some other stuff in to, 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 to help, in, in their minds, people be right before God. And our righteousness is not wrapped up in how we dress. We ought to dress in moderation. Our righteousness is not, dressed up, is not wrapped up in how long we wear our hair. You can wear it like, how you want to wear it. Okay? You wear it long. You can wear afro, you can wear short, you can throw your wig on, you can change every week if you want to. God literally does not have a problem with that if your heart is right. But there are some people who, man, my time is running on me. There are some people who are like the Pharisees when they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, why are your... Why your followers don't follow the tradition that, that, that we've held all along where they, they do this ceremonial washing before they eat? And Jesus, Jesus kind of dressed them down and said, listen, y'all talking about all this stuff. And I'm paraphrasing here. He says, you guys, uh, you know, thinking that it, it's, it's what's on the outside that makes a man right, but it's what comes on the inside, comes from out of man, it's what defiled him, not the washing of hands. He was not talking about a hygienal type situation. He was talking about a ceremonial washing. That they insisted that everybody, that they had added this on to a, 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 a lot of other stuff that they, they said you had to do in order to be right before God. And Jesus said, it's not what comes from the outside of the defile, it's what's out of you, what's in your heart. The stuff that comes out of your heart is what defiles you. Let's keep reading. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. Next verse says what? Let's read. This is what? We have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Verse, verse 11. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. And the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. Verse 12. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his what? Own blood. We're holy by what? The blood of Christ. Keep reading, guys. Let's go. It says, so let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. Keep reading. For this world is not our permanent home. Thank God. 
This world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Next verse says, therefore, let us offer through Jesus a what? Continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Next verse. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. I need y'all to read that with me. Let's read. It says what? And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that what? That please God. Next verse. Up, oh, stop. What did the teacher say? He said what? Obey your spiritual leaders. I didn't even make it up. Well, that's the NLT. What did the KJV say? Give them the KJV. Let's give them the KJV. I know we have some people who are KJV only, and that's your conviction. That's fine. But I would, I would, I would actually think about this. The KJV is an interpretation from the Greek and Hebrew. So it ain't an original translation. So what's better about the KJV? It's just King James English. And you don't talk King James English. That's why you can't understand what King James English says. I mean, you have to be careful about what, inter- what, what translation you utilize. But, but don't get stuck and think righteousness comes from KJV. Because KJV was an interpretation from the original Greek and Hebrew. And it was done during the time that King James was on the throne in England. That's why it's called the King James Version. But if that's your, if that's your conviction, hey, I, I'm not sweating you. I'm just saying don't, don't think of it as making you more righteous. Sometimes you go to, the, oh, it's blasphemy. Well, it's a translation. Just like the New Living Translation is a translation. Okay? Are y'all with me? So there ain't no magic in the KJV is what I'm telling you. It's in the revealed word of God. Obey them that have the rule over you and do what? See, here's the accountability part. This is why some people don't want to be a member of the church because they don't want to be accountable. Obey them that have the rule over you. NLT said obey your spiritual leaders, right? For they watch for your souls as they that must give account. I got to give an account for what I preach to you guys. I got to give an account, all right? As they must give account that they may do it with what? Joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Go back to the NLT right quick. Come on. I got to get out of here, guys. My goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Work. Now, again, if it lines up with scripture, if somebody tells you to do something that doesn't line up with the word of God, you say, forget you. I promise you, I, get, I tell you all the time, go back and search what I'm telling you. If I tell you something that doesn't line up with the word of God, you can tell me, Pastor, no, 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 sir. That's not what the word of God says, Pastor. Okay, okay, let's, let's, let's go, let's read. And I, let's see what you're saying. And, and let, let's go and read out the scripture. I will not knowingly tell you something that's wrong. Now, can I make a mistake? Can I misinterpret something? Of course I could. But, but, but I try to flesh that out. And, and I let scripture interpret. Because what does that mean, Pastor? I don't take one obscure scripture and build a doctrine out of it. I want to see what the rest of the Bible says about that same issue. And if, if they're in concert, because the Bible is not going to contradict itself, if they're in concert, then we can get an, a proper interpretation. But let the word of God rule, okay? It says, their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them a reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That will certainly not be for your benefit. So some people don't realize, or some people don't want to uh, uh, be connected to the church 
at a deeper level because it calls for accountability. Discipleship calls for more than just coming and sitting on Sunday. I love you, but we got to learn how to grow and we got to learn how to be disciple this one that's why we are, are pushing you know meeting small groups holding each other accountable in other words when i say accountable that means i'm not coming over your house and, and trying to figure out what all you're doing wrong that just means that if, you, if, if you're going through a period and you need somebody to walk through that with you we're going to be here to walk there to walk that walk we're going to walk through it with you we're not going to sit there and, and try to condemn you to hell if you messed up you messed up admit it one brother was telling me he shared with his group about, about a major mess up that he had. And I said, man, that's great. Because now you got, you, you've shown light on that. The devil can't come. And, and, and now, because you've shown the light of truth on that issue. And that's freed you because you've shown the light of truth on that thing that the devil wants you to keep in the dark. Watch this. All right, number, number four. I, I got to get out of here. Lord Jesus. Fourth, church membership. Is our place to get directly involved in God's work. Number five, church membership is our official commitment to the work of the Great Commission. You know, we, we, God told us to go and make disciples before we left. And as I told you, the church has to get better at disciple making. Gathering together has not been a problem for the church in America. But disciple making has been something that we've fallen far short on. And what God is telling us as a, as a ministry is, is that let's, let's, let's submit ourselves. Let's count up the cost. You know, the, the guys who were following Jesus, you know, at, at first, you know, you know they, were just, they were coming, they were observing what he was doing. But in, after a period of time, Jesus began to send them out for them to do the work. And he began to correct them. He began to instruct them on what they were doing right, what they were, what they were doing wrong. And one of the primary indicators, again, as I, as I go back, as I get ready to close, one of the primary indicators of our love and gratefulness for what Jesus has done for us is our obedience to his word. Pop, pop up Psalms 119, 105, with the right quick. Psalms 119, 105. Psalms 119, 105. We cannot say that we love Jesus, but then disobey what he says. Our whole life got to come into obedience to his word. See if we can find Psalms 105. 101, I'm sorry, 119, 105. Glory to God. Oh, glory. Y'all still with me? All right. I'm going to let you get out of here in just a second. Psalms 119, verse 105. Let me get, let me get that right quick. Now, I want y'all to listen to it, okay? 119, 105. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my what? For my path. King James, first, thy, King James says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, the word illuminates what direction I should be going in. It's almost like the, the image I get is, is you, how many of y'all have a guy out of the bed in the middle of the night and it was dark in your room? And there was some stuff on the floor that you didn't know was on the floor. Have you ever stumped your toe? You ever hit your toe, toe on something hard that makes you want to cry? Well, I, here's what I envision when it says is the light of the word will shine and give me the direction to go in, the pathway I should go in. So that I don't stump my toe, so that I don't mess up, so I don't hurt myself. It's the word that does that, guys. 
Thy word, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my pathway. See, following Jesus seemed easy enough at first, but that was because they had not followed him very far. Sometimes to some people, following Jesus is easy because they hadn't went very deep with Jesus. They would only come on Sunday morning. They don't, they don't take this throughout the week. They don't take what they heard and start trying to apply it. They just say, well, we had a good sermon. We had a good singing. And I, I did my duty. But God wants us to live a life. He says, it, it, it became apparent that being a disciple of Christ involved far, far more than just asking him to come into their heart to save him. It meant the surrender of your whole life to the master in absolute submission to his sovereignty. There could be no compromise, guys. And there had to be a complete forsaking of sin. The old thoughts, the old patterns, the old habits, the old pleasures of the world had to be conformed to the new disciplines of the kingdom of God. And when we apply these principles, these practices, and these commands in the Bible, our lives will grow. And, and they will advance and they will thrive in every way. Three things, and I'm, I'm, I'm finished. What, what does the Bible do for The Bible is reveals who God is. This, the, the Bible reveals who God is. Now, we're doing this study now, the real God. Listen, hang with us through this. We, we, you know, this we, we, we're going to unpack this study, the real God. Because a lot of us came to faith with a faulty image of who God was and who he is. And so that faulty image, amen, has us not necessarily walking in concert with God and his word the way we should. Because we, 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 we're coming based off of what we've been told and what we've heard. And maybe it doesn't line up with what scripture says about God. So... The real God is a study that, that if you hadn't gotten connected, we still, we, we'll still assign you up to get connected. It's, it's that important. The Bible reveals who God is. The Bible shows us who we are. And the Bible lays out our purpose. And you didn't know who God is. You didn't know who you are. And you didn't know what your purpose is. Amen? Unity. I need you. And you need me. Every head bowed and back closed. Father, we thank you and praise you for this privilege.